Welcome back to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. I truly hope you are enjoying the podcast. Now, I'm still trying to grow this thing, and hopefully we're getting better each week. Well, at least I feel like we're making progress. Now, this is a team effort, so I'm asking you to follow us and asking you to spread the word because I need followers. So go up to a friend and say, friend, check out the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. And then say, friend, if you have social media, follow the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. Now, make sure you're also following the Chris Williams Podcast Hour because I don't want you to be a hypocrite. So follow us on IG and Twitter. You can find the Chris Williams Podcast Hour at the Chris Will Pod and on Facebook, the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. Now, this week's podcast features my friend, my former captain, and one of the best defensive players in the story history to St. Edward High School, Bob Lenart. Now, this podcast brings back memories about playing hot stove baseball, or what today would be known as travel baseball. Now, when I was 10 years old, we played around 100 games a year. We started on Easter Sunday and finished the first week of August, just in time to start football and go back to school. Now, I know it was crazy. We would play double headers every other day, sometimes playing a game at 8 a.m., sometimes noon, 5 p.m., and then occasionally getting a game under the lights at 8 p.m., so we'd play four games in a day. That's just what we did. I was 10 years old, and that was my schedule. The kids and parents in my neighborhood probably thought I was crazy, but my parents and I had a plan. So that was it. It was our plan. Now, it was also refreshing to be with a group of like-minded kids and athletes. We all wanted to be great, and we were willing to put in the time and the effort. For me, I was lucky because it spilled over to high school, college, my professional life, and family life now. There's nothing better than a group of people working together for a common goal. That's what you call a team. That's what you call a family. So what the hell has happened? What has happened to the team we once called America? At one time, we were the most powerful and the most respected nation on earth. We were the United States of America. Emphasis on united. While we didn't agree on a lot of things or we had different life experiences, we always found a way to work together. We can't do that now. We can't even come to an understanding to discuss the idea of one life being of equal importance as another. Hey guys, I'm black. So yes, to me, black lives matter. And I don't say that because I think I'm better than anybody else or because I'm a superior race or more important than anyone else. I say it because I'm black 
And I want to, and I need to have a discussion about equal opportunity. Look, if I break the law, like legitimately break the law, I ask to get the exact same treatment as people who don't look like me. If I jaywalk and somebody else jaywalks, we both get punished the exact same way, right? If I have $100,000 in good credit and I want to get a loan, I expect and want to get the same business opportunities as someone else who doesn't look like me and has the exact same money and same credit, the exact same opportunities. That's it. So don't want to be profiled. Don't want to be judged because I'm black as night. And yes, it is real. So when I was in high school, I dated and was madly in love with a girl who looked completely opposite of me. So I drove a customized van that had everything in it. Those of you that know me, you might remember that van. It had a bed, a sink, a toilet. It was plush. So I was driving with her to Huntington Beach in Bay Village, Ohio. We get into Rocky River. And whoop, whoop, lights go on and we get pulled. I was driving. I end up, I go and get my license and registration out, waiting for the policeman to walk up. Well, he walks up to the car and goes to the passenger side and asks my white girlfriend at the time, he asked her three times, ma'am, are you okay? Ma'am, are you okay? Ma'am, are you okay? She was like, yes, did we do something? And he says, I just wanted to make sure you were okay. Have a good night. And if you need anything or need something, let us know. Now, fast forward to, you know, years later when I'm in college and I get the opportunity to drive down to Panama City. It was the dumbest thing I've ever done. <laughs> I'll respect to Keith Goodall, but it was probably the dumbest thing we ever done. We we drove to Ohio. We drove from Ohio to Panama City, Florida. So we get into Alabama. He's driving. We're doing the speed limit because, of course, you know, driving down south, worried about all the you know stereotypes and all that good stuff. Well, we're driving southbound, and we just see a state trooper going by us, going in the northbound direction. So we drive about a mile. That same trooper who was headed northbound is now rolling up on us at top speed and stops us. So when he comes up, Keith asks, you know, why did you stop us? The guy was just like, I just want a license and registration. So he ran it. And after about 30 minutes, another car pulls up and asked us to step out. They asked for my ID now. They end up separating us. Take Keith to one car, take me to another. And they start asking us a bunch of questions, and then they kind of switched. The patrolman that stopped us initially was an older gentleman, and the one that rolled up was a young patrolman. So the old guy takes my license, asks me the bunch of questions, and says, your story better add up, whatever that means. So after a while, he gives my ID to the young cop. The young cop comes back over to me with my ID, and he begins to make small talk and tells me, you know, he played high school football in Alabama. And then he tells me what school it just so happened that one of my college teammates was a former teammate of his. So I asked him, I'm like, do you know Mark Hubble? He was like, yeah. 
and started telling me stories about when he and Hubble played in high school. Eventually, the young cop kind of loosens up and he says to me, he says, listen, just do whatever this guy says and you'll get out of here. So I asked, I finally asked the young cop, I was like, well, why did we get stopped? And he's like, you just fit a profile. Now, the old man finally lets us go. He gives us our IDs back. and But before he dismisses us, he says to us, he goes, you guys better be out of Alabama before dark. Now, we had two hours to drive to the border. That's what we had left in our trip. Two hours to get to the Alabama border. But the sun went down in an hour. We were flying to get to that border. And now, I don't tell you this to say, you know, all police are bad or wrong. But I tell you this because of my blackness. And unfortunately, this happens all too much, all too often. I said before, black lives matter to me because I just wanted to be treated equally, not because I'm better than anybody else or want more than anybody else or looking for a handout. It's just I want equal opportunities. This is the Chris Williams Podcast Hour. So take the photographs and still frames in your mind Hanging on a shelf in good health and good time Tattoos and memories and dead skin on trial For what it's worth, it was worth all the while It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour, and today I have one of my friends since we were 10 years old, one of the hardest working people I've ever known. So let me introduce you to him. Today's guest, 1986 captain and two-year starter on the St. Edward football team, a 1986 first-team All-Ohio, a key member of the 1986 Ohio State runner-up football team from St. Edward High School. Plain Dealer in Northeast Ohio Defensive Player of the Year, a member of the 1989 Dayton Flyers National Championship football team, and a 2020 St. Edward Hall of Fame inductee, please welcome to the Chris Williams Podcast Hour, Bob Lenart. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for the uh, compliments that you just paid. It's, uh, it's amazing to think about some of the things we went through when we were younger. But uh, thank you very much, and thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk with you this evening. That's awesome. Bob, it's such a thrill to have you on the podcast. Now, I want to start this by talking about your upbringing at St. James Parish in Lakewood, Ohio. You know, talk about some of the memories of you growing up in that parish and then in your neighborhood. Okay. So I guess St. James was a blast. It was uh, west side of Cleveland, uh, you know, in, in Lakewood, Ohio, suburb there. And, and you know, Lake, if those of you that know Lakewood, it consisted of probably five or six different parishes. Um, all the, the, the ethnic growing up Catholic parishes where you did something wrong. And back in those days, you know, it was okay for parents to take things into their own hands, right? Um, so it was a rough, tough from that standpoint, but I would also say it was, uh, it, it was a good upbringing. 
Um, had a loving family that I worked with, but had a lot of great friends um, that, that, I, that I was able to enjoy every day going into St. James and uh, made athletics a blast. Um, you know, it was uh, hardworking kids out there just wanted to make an impact. And, you know, this was at the time when high school football was everything and, and it was the knock them in the face football. So I uh, really enjoyed those times. Um, one, one thing I get, Chris, I got to tell you about my family, though, upbringing. You know, I'm, I'm the youngest of five kids. I've got four older sisters, and it was hard to follow in St. James of four older sisters in the, at that time. You know, um, I always tell everybody they couldn't abuse me physically, uh, but they abused me mentally, and they really taught me how to treat a woman <laughs> properly and to piss nice. one off. <laughs> So, yeah. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. That's great. So, so Bob, you didn't play CYO. You played in the West Suburban League. And do you remember some of the guys you played with or played against? And just describe what it was like playing in the West Suburban League. I do. So West Suburban was a little bit different than CYO. CYO had weight limits. Uh, West Suburban did not. So, you know, we were going against uh, the biggest of the biggest guys. You know, if you remember guys like Brian Flannery, you know, they in eighth grade, he was probably 6'1", 6'2", already, and I was still, you know, 5'8", uh, you know, 5'7", five, wow. five, somewhere in there. So we were going against all the bigger guys, and you could put anybody you wanted uh, at running back. Um, you know, it was actually pretty funny. My seventh and eighth grade year, I was one of those guys because I was, you know, bigger than most, you know, a little, little pudgy kid. And... Uh, <laughs> I was put back at running back every once in a while to go get that uh, one yard on a third and one. We needed a first down. So I got put back there, and I got to run the ball, and I got to smack some people in the face. And uh, what was really cool about St. James, Chris, was um, the guys that we were playing against from, like, St. Brendan, St. Bernadette's, uh, St. Mark's, were guys that I got to play with at Ed's. You know, guys like uh, Pat Kennedy, Ray Jenny. Uh, Kevin Kruger, Eddie Kanopka, you know, all those guys which graduated with us in 87. And, you know, like Pat Kennedy, you know, he's, he was a starting center for St. Ed's. I'm the starting nose tackle. We were knocking heads every day. And to know that we were yes. playing each other in grade school was, was just a blast. Yeah, it was fun. So, yeah, that's good Yeah, and those were just that's some of the names. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Then there's all the Ignatius guys' names, you know, that, that we got to play against. And uh, it was fun seeing them in high school, too. Okay, okay. Now, we were fortunate enough to be 10 years old. We played hot stove baseball. So yeah. what do you remember oh, yeah. about those days? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, <laughs> some stories we probably can't tell and shouldn't tell, even though we were only 10 <laughs> years old. Um, <laughs> and we'll let the listeners uh, guess what those are. But I'll tell you, I, I, I just always remember – a couple things in particular, um, you know, one is you were, the, I, I know this isn't about you, that you're, you're my host, but you were the shortstop. I always wanted to play shortstop, and I was always envious of you playing there. Um, but I got to pitch, so I, I love pitching. And uh, just yes. remember playing with the guys, you know, and, and being in third grade, going on all those tournaments together. And, you know, I know my dad owned his own business. He had a hard time getting to some, some of the tournaments. And I always remember traveling with some of the other families, years in one. You know, we had you and your two sisters and your mom and dad in that, in that van. And then you got me coming, you know, we're all traveling together and just hanging out and driving. It was always a blast. And the camaraderie we had, even at 10 years old, 11 years old, you know, playing with those guys. And, you know, I remember yeah, the one yeah. season, we played 77 games, and we lost, I think, eight. 
Okay, what ten-year-old plays eighty games in a season back then? None. You know, it, right. it was it was just awesome times that we we'll remember. And the funny thing, Chris, is um, this is great timing because about two weeks ago, my parents were cleaning out parts of their house, and they told me to come <laughs> over. They had a box for me, and it was all those old trophies back from that year. So they oh, they wow. still kept them all this time. So I got to reminisce <laughs> about them a little bit the other day. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Oh, yeah. So. You know, growing up, and, and even as an adult, to me, you were always the hardworking guy with a lot of character. And it started, you know, you bring up your parents. It started with your parents. So brag a little bit about how they molded you. Oh, thank you, yeah, for the opportunity to do that, too. So my dad, um, he was a plumbing contractor, owned his own business. And, and I remember back to 10 years old going on jobs with him you know, digging ditches for him, you know, and this was times where you had to have grit. You had to have perseverance. You know, you, you got a blister on your finger. You had to suck it up. You couldn't stop and not dig that hole when somebody didn't have, you know, water going into their house or, you know, they needed the heat going. So, um, you know, it was back working out in the, out in the rain, out in the snow, out in the cold, and you just learned to become tough and have good, tough attitude and learn that, you know what, life can be tough at times and you got to persevere and you got to work through it and it makes you stronger. And it builds that character, that grit that you're talking about that makes you want to, you know, get hit and hit somebody and, and move on and get up into the next play, you know, which for me translated over into football. You know, my dad always used to talk about reckless abandon. And that was the one thing I always, you know, would always remember him saying to me before every game, don't forget to have that reckless abandon when you're playing and, and go after and get that ball. So I wow. take it back to then and how, you know, I used to work with him and, and he would, I could see him being tough and how he'd be moving, moving that work and, and doing what he had to do to get the job done. And that, I think that's where a lot of it came from for me. Okay. Okay. Uh, your mom, like I said, your mom and dad are great people. Um, your dad is something special to me. He, you know, like when we were in high school, I don't remember missing, remember him missing a game or a practice. Yeah. And I remember the red van he drove. And yeah. there were two oh, yeah. lessons that, that to this day that he taught me that stick out. And the first was protecting my money. We were at one of those tournaments, one of those all-day-long baseball tournaments, tournaments back in the day and had a break and I was actually at the concession stand getting something and for some you know I just pulled out my money and I was just waiting to order and your dad walks up and he just takes my money and he doesn't say anything he's just staring at me and he, you know how he gives you that stare and he's oh, like yeah. listen don't take your money out until they ask for it and I will never forget that but then the second cool. thing that yeah, yeah. So the second thing that he taught me was, you know, we were driving. He gave us a ride home from Tulin, me and my mom, one time oh, yeah. after a game. Yeah. And, it, you know, we we played baseball all day, and I was hot, and I was irritable. And my mom said something to me, and I made the mistake of smarting back to her. I just remember your dad pulls the car over and pops me in my chest. And he's like, don't you ever talk to her like that again. And I was like, lesson learned. So if I ever got mouthy with my mom, even when I was older, she would always bring that up every once in a while. So that's awesome. That, that's, those are the two lessons. I mean, but it's the character that you have that I, I could see in you. Yeah. But, you know, I saw it in your dad. So, you know, you were fortunate, very fortunate. Thank you. That, that, Chris, and that, that's cool stories, man. I appreciate that, that you saying that because it's, 
you know, when you're with them every day, it's hard to describe that. And those are just two, two stories that that's, that describes that upbringing, you know, and that describes that, that character too, and how he cared too about guys like you and the other players. Cause he wanted to see the whole team succeed. Right. That's, yes. that's awesome. Yes. yes. All right. That is cool. All right. So yeah, it was, it was good. Those were great times. Those were really great times. Uh, the whole hot stove experience was Awesome, and it, it it helped build a lot of character, build friends, you know, going into the future. And we still have them today, which is even better. So, yeah, I you know, agree. luckily I for agree. you, yeah, so luckily for Eagle Nation, I should say, you chose St. Ed's High School. From what you remember, what was the, the decision like for you to attend St. Ed's in high school? Yeah, so I- – I would say it was it was not a real hard decision for me. Okay, I always liked Ed. I always liked the green and gold. Um, I think it probably goes back even into sixth grade, um, back playing football for St. James. And I remember Urbis and Barnhart and Flaherty, you know, the, the coaches at the time coming to games. And I remember our coaches going, "Hey, that's uh, you know, that's Coach Flaherty, that's Coach Barnhart, or Coach Urbis. They're, they're here. They're watching you. They want you to come to Ed's." You know, and I just remember having those couple discussions back with them. And, and, and obviously it was kind of an easy decision because of location, right? Ed's was only a couple miles. I grew up in Lakewood, a couple miles from the house, so that, that added to it made it easy also. But seeing them wanting to come and take the care, uh, to come and watch me play, and then, you know, go visiting Ed's and going down to Ed's and being at the practices with them. I remember going down to practices with guys like Chris Mobley, uh, if you remember his name, he grew up around right yeah, about a yes. tenth of a mile from <laughs> me. And, yeah, I remember going down and watching him play, you know, because he was, uh, you know, three, four years older than us. So um, being down at practice with him and then seeing guys like, uh, you know, Brian Flannery going to Ed's before us and, and the, you know, that class before us going to Ed's just kind of made it a natural transition uh, to go there and, and made it very comfortable for me to be with all those people. And, and I just felt at home. I totally fit there. I totally fit with the program, um, the school, everything. It was just a natural fit. Um, and what was interesting, Chris, about that was um, had a, a last-minute big discussion with St. Ignatius, too. And I have the utmost respect for that program and, and what they're doing um, and, and a beautiful program, and they did a phenomenal job with, with what they did at the time. It just – at the time, Ed seemed to be that powerhouse, and the fit for me was much better and made that decision pretty easy, especially with all those contacts and all those connections I already had. Okay, awesome. That's awesome. All right. So describe your four years at St. Ed's, and please, we like to share stories here, so if you have any memorable stories, tell us. <laughs> oh, man. I, you know, how long do we have, right? <laughs> It's, it's hard to put four years into 20 minutes to an hour, but um, I would not pass that experience up for anything, um, any, the academic side and the athletic side. I mean, just being in the hallways, you know, with a bunch of guys, not being distracted by the girls, you know, and when I think about going back to that decision on going to Ed's, you know, my other option was Lakewood High School, right? And a bunch of my friends went to Lakewood High School also, you know, guys like uh, – uh, Pat Elliott, John Fogarty, you know, they all ended up transferring over there too. And when I think about them and their experience, you know, yeah, it was great that they had girls to go to school with and everything, but there was a different level of camaraderie being an all-boys school that, that we had. 
and I think about some of those stories like at lunchtime. You know, we got 20 minutes for lunchtime, and let's have a bet. It's who can eat an Italian bomber the fastest, right? <laughs> you got six meatballs <laughs> on, a, on a loaf of Italian bread, and who can eat it the fastest? And I still think I probably got the record for that in like 25 seconds. So, um, you know, that's just one of the stories. And, you know, you, you mentioned the red van, you know, um, after my dad was done with that, I got the red van, you know, I was driving that to school every day. And, and uh, I'll never forget how, how my senior year, I ended up getting that first parking spot right outside the weight room. And I thought that was so cool because I could be the, you know, first one in and the last one out of the, out of the weight room. Um, nice. and, and it was just a blast and gosh, I just can't, the, the cinder track, you know, I remember doing, uh, <laughs> you know, piggybacks on the cinder track from coach Holy and, you know, our defensive line coach made the, made us do piggybacks for a full quarter mile track, you know, um, and wow. you know, that was all part of that character and grit. And if you fell down or you went down, you had to redo it. Okay. Um, and for those, for everybody on the, on the podcast, I guess an old cinder track is, you know, nothing like today's where you got the nice rubberized track. It was literally a dirt path with uh, crushed cinder on there. So you were breathing in all the dust and you came out, uh, really dirty from that. Um, you know, and I just, I just remember doing, uh, you know, from an athletic perspective, all the seven on seven drills and all the beating and pounding as we wore that grass down and behind the field. And it was all basically right dirt. Um, and it, uh, and we thought, how cool was this? You know, you know, we're, we're playing at St. Ed's. It was awesome. That's right. And playing in that dirt know, bowl. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> And, and, and Chris, I guess, you know, I'll never forget going up against guys like, uh, you know, Will Swicky and Steve Lowe. These were all guys, right, three, four years older than us, and, and we were scout team. And I just remember getting pounded by these guys. But I didn't realize till a year later, that's what made me as good as I am. You know, so for, for everybody on the podcast, I'm 5'10", right? And when I was playing in high school, I was like 195, 200. What nose tackle do you know that can play at 5'10", 200? Okay, and I always like to joke and tell everybody I'm a lot nicer now than I was back then, which is probably true. You, you know, you, you can comment on that one. <laughs> so, yes, yes. Uh, you know, and, and going against Good. those guys that were 6'3", 6'4", and, and holding my own, you know, because of the quickness and the strength and, um, you know, was able to me was was enabling me to perform the way that I was able to perform. I, I look back and I'm like, I, I value freshman and sophomore years so much from those perspectives. You know, um, you know. And then I, I think about some of the classes that we had and and some of the teachers that we had, and just what a riot! It was just so much fun to be able to joke in class. And I think in four years I had one detention, and I still don't know how some other guys got out of not having any detentions, you know, and <laughs> you and I both know who they were. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so, hilarious. Yeah. That is hilarious. I, so I, I, you know, I couldn't trade those memories, uh, you know, for anything and, and those friends that I have, you know, and I mentioned Pat Kennedy earlier, you know, um, I, you know, I'm president of the boosters for St. Ed's right now. Pat's vice president. We're both class of 87 and, you know, we just love having the need or the, the feeling to be able to give back. You know, Ed gave us so much, and we want to volunteer to try and make that program better for everybody. Um, you know, so we do what we can to try to, try to and, you know, enable these young men to have great athletic experiences. So, 
Um, you know, I'll never forget what, you know, I don't even know if there was a booster program when we went there. I don't remember it, you know, but now it's, it's trying to build it up and, and really give them that same experiences that we were able to have and those memories that we've been able to have. Um, you know, That's last great. week I was, is yeah, last week I was at Ray Jenny's house watching the Ed Ignatius game. So, you know, and, and the stories of, of some of those bus rides we had to and from games, <laughs> by those guys, yes. you know, <laughs> Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, just telling the jokes and telling the stories, uh, you know, and things we did. And, um, you know, I'll tell you one more funny story. I came across a guy and he said, Oh yeah, you went to edge, you played football. I said, yeah. And, and he goes, yeah, I went to, uh, mid park and played football at mid park. I said, really? I said, what year? He goes, yeah, I graduated in 88. I said, really? And uh, I said, did you play in 87? And he said, yeah. He goes, uh, yeah, we played you guys. At Baldwin Wallace. I said, yeah. He goes, man. He goes, whatever happened to that running back you guys had? And for everybody on here, that was Chris Williams, <laughs> the running back. And, you know, it was, just, it was just great to hear him remember that. He goes, man, he goes, you guys beat the heck out of us on offense and defense. He goes, we could not pass the line of scrimmage on defense against you guys. So I was like, it's good to hear that stuff. It's, it's fun to it hear those is. stories. It is. That, that's yeah. funny. Now, before you spoke about the president and vice president. So there's a memory that I have of Bob Lenart running for class president. <laughs> do, you re- do you remember the speech you gave? And I do. The piece of paper that you had. I do. I could probably give it to everybody cream. right now. Yes, please share that story. <laughs> I, I will. I will. So, you know, I, it was funny because for about a month before that was going on, I was trying to think, what do I want to do? Because I was going against some pretty hefty hitters. And, and I don't know even who put me up to this. But I, I think it was probably Ray or Pat or somebody like that put me up to it and said, why don't you do it? Come on, we'll all vote for you. You know, how fun would that be? You know, we'll, we'll get the uh, – we always used to talk about the party bus, right? This is when we'd all pitch in like $100. We'd buy this big bus and we'd drive around and, you know, drive to different parties in the bus, you know. And, and that's what we think about as seniors. So I said, yeah, okay, I'll give it a shot. And, for a month, I'm thinking about what the speech is going to be. And I had written one out. And, you know, I get up to the podium. They announce me. And, and I, I get up there and I, and I look at my speech and I go, you know what, everybody, I'm going to do something a little bit different. And I picked the speech up and I just tore it up. I said, I don't need this stinking speech. Let's just talk about some things for a little while. <laughs> and I just kind of <laughs> chatted about, you know, Nothing in particular, just about how, you know, we'll, we'll get together and we'll do a lot of fun stuff and we'll figure it all out together. So, yes, uh, I remember. I just yeah. remember everybody going crazy. That was hilarious. That's a good yeah. memory. It, Very good memory. But, why, but my question, Chris, is why didn't I win? <laughs> <laughs> but come on, Bob. You know they rigged the election. <laughs> I know. I know. It was, yeah, they, they wanted somebody a little bit more professional than I was at the time. So. But, yeah, you, we'll, we'll never forget those, right? Yeah, those were good times, good times. All and, right, let's talk football. Can I, can I say one more thing about a memory? Sure, there sure. Before we go yeah, football? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. There's, one, there, there's one thing I will never live down either, and I owe it to a ton of people listening in on this, okay? It's that pep rally picture. Which, uh, <laughs> if, <laughs> if anybody's seen those posts, that's uh, that was that was a blast, and it's uh, 
it's me going up to the stage with my little short squared off tie because I, you know, wasn't tying it long enough either that or because my belly was getting bigger at the time. But uh, just walking up and having my arms in the air, giving the uh, victory sign. So I'm, I don't know if I'll ever live that picture down. <laughs> no, you won't. You will not. <laughs> but it's fun. Glad I could it's share fun. that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you very much. <laughs> no problem. Uh, uh, all right, so let's talk football, uh, specifically your career at St. Ed's. Like I said, you were a two-year starter, part of some great defenses, and then you're named a captain. So I want you to talk about your career. Like, I could talk about the offensive side of this thing all night long, but share some memories you have about your career, what are some of the highs and lows, and, of course, you got to share a story or two from the football team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I always like to say I, I, I try not to remember a lot of the lows, okay? But, you know, we all know they are. Those are learning experiences for one. But, um, I gosh, I, I, love, I, I love the experiences I went through. I'll, I'll never forget the St. Joe's game, you know, where we started out in, in Lakewood and we canceled in the first quarter, right, because of the mud. And then we ended up playing it at Baldwin Wallace, you know, a week later, uh, you know, against St. Joe's when um, just, just a great memory to think about how the weather, you know, can affect that game. And we all want to play, but our shoes are coming off in the mud, right? So that's kind of a little bit of a low of how you can't even run and, you know, your shoes are falling off and sticking in the mud. And, you know, I think about the North Canton Hoover game our senior year, you know, I actually got an interception. Okay, I'm I'm getting ta- you know I'm getting hit, getting blocked by two guys, double teamed, and you know I, I catch the ball and all of a sudden I got it and they're I'm getting tackled. I was kind of surprised, and, <laughs> let alone to have two of those in the same season. If you remember the Ignatius game, you know it, it at the last game of the season, uh, there was a shovel pass. I ended up catching that, and we're on. They're, I'm sorry, they're, they're going in on our 30-yard line. I catch a shovel pass. I'm starting to run down. I think I'm at warp speed, and I'm probably going about a mile and a half per hour, and I'm down to, our, <laughs> I'm down to their 10, and I'm thinking, God, I'm going to score. This is awesome. First time in my life. I'm so excited. And all of a sudden, I get tackled from behind by Joe Lewis, and I turn around, and I look, and I look at a couple of our teammates that aren't even blocking, and they're cheering, jumping up and down, going, yeah, on the field. And I'm sitting there going, I'll never forget, why aren't you guys blocking for me, you know? Uh, so, <laughs> just, awesome. you know, crazy, crazy stuff like that. And then, you know, the, the, the ice bass after, you know, the, the you oh. know, getting taped up and realize I got no feeling in my toes after, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, just just always a blast, and and I think probably one of the lows that I do I do remember was uh, the game in Sandusky. You know, getting getting hit in the shin, and uh, looking at my shin grow up, growing to have like a baseball in it, and then having to come out of the game. You know, those those were the lows when you always got hurt and you knew you couldn't be back, be out there back on the field supporting your team the way you wanted to. You know, and then the the frustration of knowing that you know I was getting double teamed every every play. You know, right. um, you know, but also feeling those good those good highs of you know you win that game, you win as a team. You know, you're so excited to get on to that next season and or I'm sorry, next week and that next game and and progress to as far as you can. 
Um, you know, and uh, unfortunately for us, we ended up losing by one point, you know, to Fairfield, you know, our senior year in that state game, um, you know, which was a low in itself, but also also a learning, right? Yes, yes. You know, I, it's funny you bring that up. I, and I don't know why I remember this, but I remember that it was like the Tuesday or the Wednesday after that game, and I remember going into the coach's office and I remember you sitting there watching that film, and I'm like, why does he keep torturing himself? So what was it about the state championship game? You would watch it over and over. I, you know, I always wanted to look and see what could we have done better. You know, there, there were rumors as to why people thought we lost it, you know. Um, and I, I wanted to see what, what could we have done differently. Were, were some of those rumors true? Were some of those things that those fans saying that they saw – that as players, we don't get to see the whole game sometimes, right? Um, right. You know, you don't when you're when you're on the sidelines. You know, you're talking to coaches about what you can do better out there. You don't get to see what the defense is doing. When I'm the same way, I don't get to see what the offense is doing. So, you know, it's studying that film. I knew I was going to go on and play in college. So I'm going. What can I learn from that experience? What can I do better? And, and it, Chris, ultimately, I think it helped me deal with and and have closure with the fact that we lost because, you know, I mean, Fairfield was a tough team. They were good. They had some big boys on that offensive line that I know I struggle with at times. Um, but, you know, I, I thought we were the better team and, and we could have and probably should have won, you know, but it was their day and they beat us. And I wanted right. to go back and I wanted to see what did that film really show? What, what really happened and what, what can I see? What, what was going on with that game? Plus it was really cool that we okay. played in Ohio State, the horseshoe, and I wanted to see me at the mm-hmm. horseshoe. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I, I, I still, to this day, I, I couldn't watch that game. I couldn't. Somebody yeah. recently, one of my, I don't know, I don't even know where this guy found this picture, but this, uh, a guy I met that was involved in boxing, he was able to pull up some pictures and posts from a Columbus paper or something like that and send them to me. And I, I, I hated that guy. I mean, I hate it. Yeah. I, mean, I understand what he was doing, but I'm just like, dude, I don't even, I don't even, you know, entertain this. And I can't. I still, yeah. you know, I still haven't accepted it. I, I guess that's the easiest way to say it. So I refuse to look back on it or, you know, try to remember. And, you know, it's sad because I can't share it with my kids or blah, blah, blah. But I just, I still haven't found a way to deal with it. So I just choose to ignore it. So you're better than me in that another aspect. <laughs> no, no, it's just we, we all we all choose our own way. We all choose our own way, right? Okay. Yes. So, Bob, you're a leader of a great team. So at what point that year did you know that we had something special? If Gosh, I think probably the um, fourth or fifth game, sixth game, midseason, when we beat Joe's. Because if you remember, Joe's was ranked higher than we were. Um, they were really they they were picked to be the powerhouse. Okay, and yes. when we beat them, and I kind of I kind of knew this is cool. This this was going. And then that last game of the season, when the computer points came out, and we were just kind of going off the charts with computer points at the time, and it just felt right, you know. All throughout that season, everything just felt right. You know, nobody was yelling at each other. Nobody was complaining. It was, everything was just kind of clicking, and everybody was doing mm-hmm. their thing. So I would say those are probably the three 
the three things that come back to my mind is when did we when did we know we had something special? And then of course, you know, the Berea Mid Park games didn't hurt. You know, those were those were just you know, I mean, they were ice games, right? You know, I think it was five degrees right. out and I look back at a couple of those pictures and, and I'm looking, I got a t shirt on and my jersey and I'm going, What are you doing, man? <laughs> you know, just just how crazy we were back then. But I, I go back and I go, it never affected me. I don't remember being cold, but, uh, you know, it's, it, all those things just seemed right and, and seemed special for us. Okay. Okay. All right. So, you know, you have the successful high school career. Like I said, you were captain of the team, first team Ohio. Um, again, you know, state runner-up. You're the plain dealer in Northeast Ohio Defensive Player of the Year. So what was it like when that was announced? I know I, I sent out the picture of us in the locker room. I, I remember that photo shoot to this day as if it me happened too. like two hours ago. So yeah, what, what was too. it like for you? What do you what do you remember about all those accolades that you earned? You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Chris. I don't know if it sank in at the time. I, I don't really know if it did. Um, I mean, I knew it was cool. I knew it was special. I loved the, the sketch picture that we had in, in the Plain Dealer also when, when it was all announced. It was so cool. But to, to be Defensive Player of the Year, I'm not really sure that really sunk in until about a year or two later. Um, you know, and, and one of the things that it was is my, one of my older sisters did something pretty special, and I actually think they were all involved in it. She actually made a, 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 a book, you know, a, um, a yearbook with all the articles from St. Ed's, our junior and senior year, and a couple of pictures were in there. And when she gave it to me a year later, I think that's when a lot of it sank in, and I just went, wow, we did some really cool stuff. And then yes. we being the team first, and then I kind of looked at, you know, all these articles that had name after name after name, and I was just like, wow, holy cow, I was involved in a lot of stuff. And <laughs> and I think that's when it really started to sink in, that these, these were pretty special. And you know me, I've always been a humble person. I, I've never, you know, flaunted that type of stuff or anything. I've always considered myself very lucky to get get where I am and what I've done. And I think that's what it did. It really took me back to that humble place to say, wow, this is really cool. This is really special. Um, and it was just, and seeing, seeing the article a year later was just, again, it, it just felt good. It was very heartwarming. It was the best way to say cool. it, I think. Cool. And, and so, Bob, I know you're really humble, but, like, I can describe you as a player and how great you were, but I want you to describe yourself Tell listeners, you know, why you were such a great player. Um, describe yourself as a player. Okay. Um, you know, I, I mentioned two words earlier, reckless abandon. I played with that reckless abandon. Um, I, again, I'm a lot nicer now than I was back then, and it was only on the field that it was that way, but I wanted, I wanted to win. I wasn't going to lose. It was a game of inches, and I was not going to give up an inch, and I wanted your inch. And I was going to take your inch, <laughs> okay? Um, you know, I, I consider myself, even though I was on the smaller side, I considered myself quick. Uh, I was really strong. You know, I was, I was stronger than most other people, so I think I was able to use that to my advantage, and I was able to use my balance to my advantage. Um, and that quickness just coupled with that strength helped me get an edge on the other person, uh, you know, whether it was single team or double teamed. But I was going out to get that inch and get that ball, and I wanted to make that tackle behind the line of scrimmage. I always wanted to push 
pushing them back. And I was always going for more. You know, one tackle wasn't enough. I wanted to be in two tackles, three tackles. I was always trying to continue to do more and always had that drive and perseverance uh, to get it done, to get the job done. You know, and and I think back to, uh, you know, coaches like Barnhart, uh, Coach Barnhart that instilled that in me from from St. Ed's. You know, Coach Holing and Coach McQuaid, you know, that that tied the physical to the mental side and then the intellectual side of how to play and how to be better and progress throughout uh, my career, you know, especially in high school, which built me up, gave me those building blocks to play in college. And, uh, you know, I, I, again, I wanted to beat you, and I was going to beat you at all costs. I didn't care about me getting hurt, um, but I wanted to beat that guy across from me. Okay. Okay. That that sums it up greatly because that's what I remember. And I I just – to this, you know, I'll, I'll think about key drill, and I'm like, why in the hell can't they just block this guy just one time? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's what I remember. I just remember you digging in, and that was it. And wherever you were, the line it just stopped. It would never move. Yeah. And then you got Birchmeyer and Fee and Padovic jumping on you, and I'm just like, geez, I'm glad we don't have to play against this defense. So you guys, yeah, wouldn't, special. You, wouldn't you, you guys were really? Wouldn't you special. hate to play against that front seven? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I'm glad we practiced against each other. And you guys made us so much better, obviously. So it, it, it made the game so much easier. So much easier. So Yeah, and, and, and I think you're right. I think, you know, the same goes with our side, playing against, you know, guys with our offense. And it was tough. It was tough. Yeah, so Al O'Neill, he used to have us banging all the time. Okay. Yeah, talk about grit. Yeah, I don't. I don't really remember what it was. Only Fridays, I think, that we never hit the day before a game or the day of a game, and otherwise we hit. We hit every day. Yeah, it it got to the point where I would take off on Tuesdays, literally, because it was so rough. Okay, everybody, you heard that. (laughs) It it was. I, I. I do not hide it. And you know, the only Tuesday. I didn't. There were two Tuesdays I didn't take off, and guess which ones those were? The Ignatius game, because yeah. remember we played on Monday night. We had to come back on oh, yeah. Tuesday to put together the game plan, so I couldn't miss out on that. And then we were playing what Friday night against Ignatius, and that was right. horrible because the Joe's game to this day for me was the hardest hitting game, you know, whatever level I played on. The Joe's game was the hardest hitting game I've ever participated in. So yeah. Joe's was but, tough. Yeah, they they were they were powerhouse. Yeah, they were. They had, I mean they had some really good players. They had it with like yeah. Elvis Gerbach and a kid by the name of Desmond Howard. They, you know, yeah. they had some good players. The those, those two aren't too shabby, right? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, they had some players. <laughs> they did. They did. Yeah, it was, it was fun playing against them. So, yeah. So and then the other game, the other practice I missed was, or I didn't take off, was the state championship game. Was that Tuesday? Because you know we practiced at BW, couldn't really communicate like we did when we were, you know, in school because we were practicing the week of Thanksgiving. So we were out of school and we were just going to practice for a week. So I don't know if you remember those practices. I do. Oh, I do. They were yeah. cold, and it was that that Baldwin Wallace was like concrete <laughs> at the time, right? It was uh, carpeting over concrete, and uh, playing there, and 
Thanksgiving morning, right? I remember being interviewed by Danny Coughlin, uh, you know, yeah. from you know, it's that morning and uh, being freezing cold and then coming home and watching the interview during Thanksgiving dinner. It was awesome. Nice. That is nice. Yeah. That is, you know, the other thing I remember about that is that we were, uh, Browns would come in and practice right after us. Mm-hmm. So we would get done, and they would be cut, getting ready to come on the field to go through their workouts, and we got to talk to them a little bit. So that was that was really cool. That was. I, no, I agree. And it, it was always fun seeing, you know, as football players, we all wanted to strive for how do we, how do we get to that level, Right. And uh, right. it was awesome talking to him. I agree. It was always fun. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, you have the successful high school career, and then you go on to the University of Dayton where you win a national championship. Mm-hmm. So talk about why you chose Dayton and talk about that championship season. Okay. So Dayton, um, again, seemed just such a, a natural fit for me and a very easy decision. Um, just like Edge was, okay. Um, had been on a couple visits there, and when I met Coach Kelly for the first time, you know, and the other coaches, just was great discussions I had with them. Um, you know, I'll never even forget my junior year at St. Ed's when, um, you know, our, our coaches came to us and came to me and said, hey, just so you know, Dayton's asked for your film, and they wanted to learn about you, and they, but they couldn't believe you were a junior. You know, they thought you were a senior. So I was like, wow, well, you know, felt special. And that just started it. That piqued my interest in Dayton. As I learned more about Dayton, it just became home for me and became very comfortable um, from an athletic and academic standpoint. Um, and to be able to continue my career um, with playing with guys like Jim Mocho, you know, he was our defensive end at St. Ed's. You know, he went to Dayton mm-hmm. also on a defensive end there. Um, brought a comfort level and increased his and my friendship, you know, just to continue it together for another four years. And thinking about playing at Dayton, Dayton, and at the time, Dayton was the, the school. They were awesome. They, yeah, they were Division One through the 70s, and then they ended up dropping down to Division Three, and are now back up to Division One. But they were, they were one of the biggest powerhouses in Division Three at the time, okay? Um, you know, similar like what Mount Union is now. So right. um, just had an incredible experience with the guys playing there, and what was – you can appreciate this too, Chris, is you're playing with the best of the best, okay? The people that play in college, they're not just there on the team. You know, they're asked, they're invited. College is cut. And you played at a much different level than I got to play at. So I could imagine, you know, what it was like in Division One with you. But people faster, hitting harder, you got to work harder, you got to get stronger, that grit, determination, all those characters we talked about increased tenfold. And that, uh, that, that national championship year was just incredible. It, it was just such, such a high, um, you know, to be able to play with that, that, you know, that group of men and very similar to Ed's. It was about a third of the way halfway through that season where it just kind of was. It all just felt right. And we all were kind of like, we feel special. You know, we're doing some really good things. And, and every once in a while I'll go back and I think it's probably been a year now, but watch the highlights film you know, from then, and just a blast to see. And then, you know, to see the plays that we were involved in and, and plays that I got to be involved in and then think about how that culminated to, to that national championship game, uh, you know, against Union out of New York um, for the Stag Bowl. And unfortunately for me, um, it ended in the second quarter with nine minutes and 16 seconds left. 
uh, in the second quarter, I had somebody put a helmet into my knee and uh, knocked me out of the game. But uh, just to be able to play for that first quarter and a half, um, you know, in a beautiful stadium was awesome. And we'll never forget those memories. Good, good. All right, that's that's awesome. So, do you ever wear your national championship ring? Uh, it's actually funny. Um, <laughs> on Monday, last week, so a couple guys I work with, uh, I found out one actually went to Notre Dame, and you know we're all doing our our teams calls, so we all got our backgrounds on, and he puts his background to the locker room from Notre Dame, and he was a a, a walk on there for a senior year, and you know we were talking about you know. Brian Flannery, some of the other guys that went there and common connections and how championships they, they were. And I said, oh, hold on a second. So I walked off and I got the ring out and I put it up and then put it in front of the camera, you know, and got to show them. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, I had to flaunt it. Yes, I'm a humble person, but, you know, you got to be proud, too, of, of accomplish, <laughs> accomplishments that we've done. And that was just one. I had to put it up there and show these guys. So it was pretty cool. That's good stuff. That's yeah. good stuff. Yeah. So yes, I did oh, a week man. ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So you win a national championship. You you know you have a very successful uh, high school career. You graduate from college. So only one thing was missing from your resume, especially your athletic resume that I thought about. So after you finish playing. Um, you know, you're you're remembered as one of the greatest defensive players of all time. So hopefully you know where I'm going with this, but you recently found out that you were inducted to the St. Edward Hall of Fame. So mm-hmm. congratulations on that, and thank welcome you. to the club. But thank you. Talk about the long wait and finally getting an award that you earn and rightfully deserve. You know, Chris, if I'm honest with you, um, which I will be, um, I can't tell you how many times I, I walked through that Hall of Fame hallway and read some of those names, and I just go, man, one day. You know, I was never jealous. I was never spiteful. You know, it was never bad, but just go, one day. One day I want to be up there. You know, so when, uh, you know, Mr. Hickman, Kevin Hickman, the athletic director, called me and told me, I, I tell you, my heart kind of dropped. I was just like, I didn't, I didn't have words. I really didn't, because I was just like, wow, this is awesome. This is so cool. Finally, I get to be up there, and and uh, if, if I'm, again, truly honest with you, my son graduated from St. Ed's in uh, 2018. I was really mm-hmm. hoping to see that name go up there while he was still there so I could rub it in oh, his face man. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, because the reason I say that is because, you know, he, you know he's a swimmer and he's broke four records at Ed's. So he got his name up on the wall before I did. <laughs> so, oh, um, so, yeah, so we, we get a friendly rivalry, him and I do. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm so thankful, Chris. You know, I'm, I'm thankful for um, – I know there was a, a hidden group of men that, that are my friends that, that really pushed the school and really went to bat for me, and I can't thank them enough. Um, you know, they all know who they are. I've, I've reached out to each of them individually and said thank you, too, and – I feel lucky to have, you know, friends and supporters like that, that, that pushed for that to be there. And um, it just feels so cool. I don't know how to explain it better than, um, you know, being humble. I'm so happy for it and just so excited to be up there and be up there with guys that are up there already like yourself and be part of that club. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, so I will, you know, when the COVID 
settles down and they have the ceremony, you came to mind, I'm definitely returning the favor and I'll be there. Awesome. And I'll awesome. be as excited as you are because that's, that's a hell of an accomplishment. You deserve it, buddy. You Thank really you, deserve man. it. Thank you. So, yeah. It'll be so, cool. It'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. We'll have a nice, uh, we'll have a nice party after. Yes. Yes, we will. <laughs> so, yes, so. we will. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to play a little speed round and I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question and you can say whatever comes to mind. So okay. I'm, just, I'm going to throw out a list of things. So the first one is St. Ed's. Oh, man. First thing is Eagles. <laughs> Being honest. That's fine. That's fine. That's Tradition, brothers of the history. Holy Cross. Uh, brother, uh, brother James, brother James. Okay. And nice. and the the impact that he's had on so many, um, just the development of so many men. And I didn't really appreciate him until uh, 2014, and the things that he was still doing up until the day he passed in uh, I think 2018 or 19 when he passed, and how he was still molding young men's lives. Incredible. Yes. Yes, he was. Yeah, yes, he was. All right. 1987. Oh, of course, us, graduating senior year. Um, <laughs> everything about it, the pep rally, everything we talked about today, football. Um, yeah, just a, an awesome year. Okay. All right. Best defensive player at St. Ed's all time. Oh, wow. Myself, of course. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. In, in that age, you know what? I won't, put, I won't put it on a player. I put it on a team. I, I, I'll still put us up, that, that class up against any of those other teams. Love it. I love it. All right. Jimi Hendrix. Um, all Along the Watchtower. <laughs> Great song. I knew it. I knew it. I, you know, I didn't. I wasn't exposed to Jimi Hendrix until I met you. Oh and come on! No, I, I'm dead serious. I am dead serious. And that's all. Every time I hear Jimi Hendrix, that's ex- first person I think about is Bob Lenart. And I think oh, about you funny. playing this one song over and over, and I was like, wow. I wonder if he's gonna I do it. You get it. Yep. <laughs> and you know, he played the guitar Word. upside down, left-handed. Yes, yes. Yeah. He was amazing. He was amazing. All right, last thing. One thing about you most people don't know. Oh, um, I, uh, I've coached um, – well, actually, this would be kind of funny. Most people don't know this. When I was uh, helping my dad coach my sisters in softball, um, this was women's softball. Um, my dad got kicked out of the game, and I was there coaching, and then a big fight started between the two teams. <laughs> so I had to figure out how to control all that at a very young age. <laughs> wow. This was Lakewood, so- wow. Lakewood women's softball. How about that, huh? Wow. That's a great yeah. and you, awesome. You know my sister, so. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was crazy, right? That was crazy, yeah. Okay. Well, Bob, this was awesome. And then, uh, you know, you mentioned the St. Ed's Booster Club. So yes. how can 
people follow you on social media, and also how can they get involved with the St. Ed's Booster Club? So um, for me personally, I'll, I'm only on uh, Facebook and Twitter, okay? So I haven't gotten to the Instagram part yet because I didn't want to confuse too many people. I'd really much rather, uh, you know, see them go towards St. Ed's and, and the boosters and towards me. And uh, if they're looking to get into uh, follow Ed's and, and what's happening along with the boosters, St. Edward Athletics, um, their Twitter account, and then St. Edward Booster's Twitter account are the two best places. Uh, we do post on Facebook, but we do a lot more on Twitter. And I guess the one thing I do want to say, and thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk about the Boosters, is um, you know our goal really is to just try and give these young men uh, a great athletic experience. You know, it's it's about supporting them in many different ways. Obviously, financial. You know, if anybody wants to provide donations or a membership, you know, our memberships allow for, uh, you know, attendance of all games for free. We do tailgates, you know, membership cards, um, a lot of different things. So that's, that's the best way and one of the most primary ways um, as we're trying to figure out how to develop the boosters and make the boosters something bigger uh, for St. Ed's and really start to impact uh, the, the, the athletic program even more. Um, but we support all programs. We support all, all of these student-athletes. Um, but those are the two best places to follow and really check out the mission. You can also go to the St. Ed's website and go to the athletics page. We have a boosters page there. Um, we actually are going to have some really fun things coming out in the next month or so that you'll see on the Twitter account uh, as well as the uh, website that will make it even easier to um, gain access to uh, whether it be, you know, uh, being online viewing of games and or apparel or things like that, you know, whatever it might be that we have some really cool ideas coming up, and I'm sorry I can't give more because we're working in negotiations with the school and the companies now, uh, but really to drive a great experience for these young men. So, yeah, thank you for giving awesome. us that opportunity to talk a little bit about the boosters. Oh, not, not a problem at all. Not a problem at all. Yeah. I, you know, again, Bob, congratulations on being inducted in the St. Ed's Hall of Fame. And I'm honored to have you as a guest on my podcast. It it means a lot to me. So thank you for joining me. Thanks for coming on. And, and Chris, thank you, too. Um, love being here. I love catching up with you. Uh, you know, I, I've always loved talking and makes me, you know, when you asked me to do this and you presented this to me, it made me go back to, third grade when we when we were playing up at Tulin Park. And I swear, it's probably our first <laughs> practice where I remember being out in the grass in the water and Stoughton yelling at us, you know, the the way we were hitting the ball and, and fielding the ball that we're all looking at. We're on grass. We're not even on dirt. Can't we go up on the dirt? You know? <laughs> so, yeah, thank you for the opportunity, too. I, I'm honored, and uh, I hope this came across well. Oh, absolutely. Great show, great Good. show, and thank you. Thank you again for – Coming on the Chris Williams Podcast Hour, and we will be talking soon, Bob. Thank you again. Definitely. Thanks, Chris. Have a great night.